this before, is the mental health issues that we're seeing in this country, especially with the kids. And I want to show you an article that just came out from... And this is a quote from it. Negativity is by now so deeply ingrained in the American media culture that has become the default frame imposed on reality. In part, this is because since the dawn of the internet age, the surest way to build an audience is to write stories that make people terrified or furious. This is not rocket science. Evolution designed humans to pay special attention to threats, but listen to this. So unsurprisingly, the share of American headlines denoting anger increased by 104% from 2000 to 2019. The share of headlines evoking fear surged by 150%. <clears throat> so is it any wonder why in the United States, one in five kids has a mental health disorder if we are throwing negativity and fear onto the internet all the time? Is it any surprise that we in this country take most of the antidepressants and most of the anti-anxiety meds in the world is taken right here in our country, our little country, which is composed of 350 million people and we consume most of the pharmaceuticals of all the kinds in the world, right here. Why is that? It's because our media drives it. It drives negativity, it drives depression, it drives fear. What do you have to do in your offices or in your clinical practices is you gotta be something different, right? And you gotta recognize the yellow line, right? If something crosses over that yellow line, you gotta be able to recognize that. <clears throat> But you have to be an oasis in a desert negative. That's what your your goal, and that's the claim. Doesn't have to you know to wait till you graduate, wait till you're an associate, wait till you're in practice. You start doing this right now. <clears throat> you start being a positivity monger instead of a negativity monger. You start talking about good things, and what happens when you start talking about good things is they start giving you presents, right? So the kids, so one. Young person came in yesterday. I haven't seen her for like 10 plus years. And she's now, I think, 11 or 12. <clears throat> so she comes in and she gives me this. She said, I made this for you today in school. And I said, oh wow, that's really cool. She says, it's a crane. Yeah. And I, in my brain, if I'm not thinking what she's thinking. Am I a crane? And I'm trying to think about how this is a she said, yeah, a bird, Dr. Rubin. Like, oh, yes, the bird, right, right. It's a beautiful, beautiful crane. Um, thank you so much. But I want you to think about that, right? Someone uh, outside of my office is thinking so much of how much they enjoy being in our office that they come in with presents for us. They'll come in, and whether it's a kid bringing a crane or a gummy thing, or it's an adult bringing food, because we're constantly getting food in the office. <clears throat> I think that's amazing. Because what that shows is we are like family to them. Right? And if we're like family, they want to treat us like family. And they <clears throat> love being in our presence. And they enjoy that. <clears throat> and that's what we can foster. Because what this shows, American headlines denoting anger increased from 100 to 104% in 20 years, and then at the same time, fear 150%. That's what's out there. That's what's out there when you are scrolling Facebook, when you are scrolling you know, the internet, when you're looking at Reddit, when you're looking at the news, you're looking at negativity, negativity, negativity. 
How often do you see something good when you're scrolling on these things? Most of the time it's bad, 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 bad. <clears throat> and that's what's happening to these kids on TikTok and on Instagram and on Twitter and on Reddit and on Periscope and on Vine and all these different things that they're on. Most of the stuff is negative. And if you don't believe me, now I want you to Google something if you don't believe me. Look up mass sociogenic illness. There are kids now out there who are especially watching other kids and number one on TikTok seems to be the worst thing. Number one on TikTok watching and they're either A, getting addicted to watching TikTok and or B, they're actually getting addicted to the behaviors they're seeing the kids do on TikTok. So for instance, there's a number of kids on TikTok who have the uh, Tourette syndrome, which is the like ticks, but very often like a vocal tick. And these kids are becoming super popular. They have hundreds of millions of followers. And other kids are watching these kids have their seizures or Tourette's-like episodes. And now the kids are mimicking it. That's amazing. Now, I don't know if TikTok has been created in such a way that dies into people's brains, you know? Because I can't imagine why, like, that. These same people on Facebook and Instagram don't have the same reactions, but on TikTok they do. It makes me wonder if there's something about the TikTok, like the way it's pixelated or the way it's shown, if it actually gets deeper into the brain. But there are kids literally getting addicted to TikTok and kids getting addicted to the behaviors they're seeing and mimicking them. That's negativity. That's anger. That's fear. Now, I don't blame the person, the people who are posting on TikTok. It's not their fault. They're not trying to elicit those responses, but it's happening nonetheless. And this is what we, I, I have a kid coming in in a couple of weeks who is dealing with this right now. And this is what we're seeing over and over and over again. And what I want you to understand is that not only is this yellow line, in my opinion, whether you're crossing from the chiropractic to the medical yellow line, it's also, are you crossing the positivity to the negativity line, right? There's always ways, there's ways that you can set up your office, there's ways you can create conversation, there's ways you can teach your patients about how great things are versus how horrible things are. There's ways to be diplomatic, there's ways to explain so that when someone says, like, as an example, uh, we had a new mom and dad yesterday bringing their child on the spectrum who's not, who's minimally speaking. And their question, as it always is a question, is can you help him like speak? And I, I can't answer yes, we can help him speak, because I have no idea how he's going to respond. But what I can say is we can, we can improve his brain function. We're going to improve his brain function. And we're going to, because right now, he's 10 years old, but his brain isn't acting like a 10 year old. So even though his chronological age is here, his neurological age is here. I said, so my job is to increase that neurological age. And they're like, wow, that's what we've been looking for. So the whole idea of what we do is we're taking this crap that's out there, this negativity, this fear, this anger, and we're turning it into another four-letter word, which is what? Hope. Right? Hope is a four-letter word. So we're trying to give people hope. We're trying to give people positivity. We're trying to make people feel good. Because like some of these people with autism 
may not change that much in terms of their ability to vocalize, but their lives can change because their brains are more connected. So now you have a kid who stops having tantrums as much. Now you have a kid who's going to sleep some more. Now you have a kid who is able to have eye contact, to give hugs to their moms and dads. Right? That's huge. Versus the kids are stuck like this. Another thing that we've been doing a lot with our, our kids on the spectrum is I'm, I'm challenging the parents. Are you teaching them the alphabet? You have a minimally speaking kid. A lot of times parents, and understandably so, because it's very hard. A lot of times they don't even teach the kids the alphabet. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you have got to get a letter word. And you got, and, and easy. You got an iPad? Yeah, right there. Now, ideal to have an ABC. And there are some boards you can purchase uh, you know, apps that have them. <clears throat> but even if you just <clears throat> take somebody on the internet and print it out, <clears throat> teach them the ABCs. Here's an example. <clears throat> we have a five-year-old kid, minimally speaking. <clears throat> I asked the mom <clears throat> to do this recently. I said, just try it. She came back, she said, <clears throat> and right after she did this, she said, not only did I use the letter board, he knew the alphabet. I had no idea he knew the alphabet. And I said, now what I want you to do, is, and she was just using a piece of paper, now what I want you to do is get a screen. Because what he's going to do is he's going to press the alphabet letter, and he's going to see it. And what you're going to do is you're going to write this, and his, let's say, this is not his name, let's say his name is John. J, and he'll see a J. O, we'll see a O. H, we'll see a H. N, John, that's you. M, O, and you make his fingers do it. M, O, M, Mom, that's me. Because what's going to happen is she's going to teach those letters mean something. They're not just spelling ABCs, right? Because a lot of times in the beginning with ABCs, especially in the spectrum, it's just a thing, right? It's just another way for them. Maybe one, two, three, ABC, it's just, you know, it's just a thing for them to memorize. But how do you get it into a different level in their thinking is you say M-O-M is me or D-A-D is me. You're John. This is you. And you do it over and over and over again until they get, oh, that is it. I can use this letter, these letters, to make sense of things. So I can communicate. John wants water. Because you learn John and you learn water, and even if you just put John water, you know what he wants. And that's how you start using this letter form. And that's how, that's how we, we, we create, we get away from this stuff here. We get away from the negativity, from the fear. And we say, look at the possibilities. There's something in there. Tap into it. Nobody else is telling you this. Nobody else is saying this. Because all they're trying to do is to get them to speak. They go to speech therapy, which is great and important. And I love speech therapists. I refer to them all the time. But it's not all about just, can you, what is it? Pencil, pencil, pencil. That's not what it's only about. It's about getting their brains to go to a higher level. That's why they need to get adjusted. Because getting adjusted reconnects disconnections. It makes their brain and nervous system more whole, more complete, and it allows their brainstem, remember, the brain starts growing from the brainstem, and it goes up through all the other stuff into the prefrontal cortex. Then when the prefrontal cortex starts kicking in, the prefrontal cortex will start to 
down-regulate the brainstem so the femoral reflexes and other things don't keep on going, right? But you need to have this, this bottom-up growth and top-down regulation. What happens if the top-down regulation isn't working? And you try to say, pen, 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 right? This regulation, okay, you can do that as much as you want. It's like maybe it'll get there, but it'll have no place. But when you get the connection and the regulation from the every part of the starts to go down to <clears throat> down-regulate the stuff that's lower, now all of a sudden executive functioning starts happening. Now all of a sudden calming of the brain and nervous system is happening. That's why we do what we do. That's why you, in my opinion, should say you're a brain-based chiropractor. Because that's way different than being a ball-based chiropractor. Let me show you what a home-based chiropractor could be. <coughs> Conveyor belt. Keep it positive. 